That's right, everybody. You hear that rock and roll sound, and you know one thing. It is time for Brooklyn Paper Radio Live from downtown Brooklyn. That's America's Brooklyn. America's downtown. Of course, from the Brooklyn Paper Building, which everyone else seems to call one Metro Tech Center North. I call it the Brooklyn Paper Building. Of course, I'm joined by... We have an amazing show. I'm joined by Vince DiMaselli, the editor of the Brooklyn Paper. As you are every week. Every week. But we've got two... Count them. Johnny, if you can count them. Two... That's one, two... In-studio guests... Paul Steely White, the aptly named Paul Steely White. In all his Steely Whiteness. Of Transportation Alternatives. <laughs> He's going to talk to us about biking, driving, activism, ferries, and maybe even a little bit about, I don't know, city bike. We'll see. And on his right is Rob Robert. He calls, calls himself Robert. I say Rob. I go way back with him. Rob Paris, the district manager of Community Board 2. Now, let me tell you about Community Board 2. They cover Brooklyn Heights. They got Fort Greene. It, it, Gersh, it. Good. Well said. Thank you. Well said. It's not a they. It's an it. Community Board 2 is my favorite community board, even though I live in Community Board 6. Really? That's interesting. Why would that be the case? I live in Community Board 7 now. I was exiled from 6 to 7 as a result of a, a divorce a couple of years ago. Thank you for mentioning that and putting a corkscrew in my heart, Rob. I appreciate it. Anyway, Community Board 2, covering Brooklyn Heights, Fort Greene, Clinton Hill. Great community board. Lots of bike-related issues that are no doubt going to come up. But before I do any of that... You guys know, Johnny knows, I turn to Vince and I say, Vince, you're a handsome man. Yes. You walked over the Brooklyn Bridge today. It was. It was the greatest uh, greatest morning of my life. How was it? Very beautiful day in Brooklyn. Well, let me tell you, when I got on the Staten Island Ferry on beautiful Staten Island or, or uh, bucolic Staten Island. We call it The Rock. The Rock, as we like to call it. When I got on the ferry over there, it, there was there were clouds in the air and there was a little bit of a cloud burst. You know what cloud burst, Gersh? Sure, a little cloud. Like when, on Inauguration Day when it started raining when President Trump started I don't know speaking. what you're talking about. Yeah. So it was a beautiful day. So people got wet, and then I get off the ferry, and I'm like, hey, what am I going to do? Should I just hop on the train? It's five minutes on train to here. Trains are great. Five minutes. But you know what? I'm like, it's a beautiful day. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do the walk. Legs the, are great. The free commute. The free commute. We that, call that the FC. It does not cost a thing, because as you know, the Staten Island Ferry is free. Yeah, we'll talk about that. We're going to talk about ferry subsidies. Even if you take your bike on it. <laughs> we are going to, Even yeah, if you ride your bike, That's free. right. And, and as you know, maybe we'll just like bring them right in. Not like those city ferries, Maybe we way. bring them right in. Paul Steely-White hey. of Transportation Alternatives. <laughs> as you know, the new Rockaway Ferry was in the news this week. It's a buck extra to bring your bike. Where are you on that issue? Right there. Right off the top. <laughs> well, bikes should be uh, allowed for free, of course. I mean, bicycling is good for you. It's good for the city. We want to incentivize that behavior, so... Uh, you know, we're opposed to bike tolls on East River Bridges. I just want to put that policy position. Wait, wait, is that out there? Right <laughs> Has someone it's talking not about out that? There, but who knows? You never know what ideas people are going to float when, you know, bike uh, mayhem strikes. You know, mm. people. Bike still... tolls on the East River Bridges. That's like bike registration. I got to bring Rob, Robert Paris of Community Board 2 in that because uh, two of those bridges, if I'm not mistaken, land in the Community Board 2 zone. Bikes, bike tolls on the East River Bridges. Have you, has it even come up before the board? Uh, that's not come up, but I thought maybe Paul was going to raise the possibility of taking one of the vehicular lanes for bikes because there's no room left on the promenade. On the, on the, on the, on the, on the Brooklyn Bridge. I get back to your walk this morning. I mean, yeah. was it pleasant? Was it crowded? Were there tourists everywhere? We'll, no, ask, usually, we'll ask the questions here. Paul. Usually we'll that, here. <laughs> that early in the morning, it's usually not that bad. What time was it, Vince? Uh, I got on the ferry at 7.45, so I was basically on the bridge by about 8.30. Okay. All the tourists are still in bed. Yeah, they're not there yet. It's a lot of uh, commuters, a lot of people walking into Manhattan and people walking into Brooklyn to get to work. Not that many uh, tourists at that time. But when I do walk home, as I might do this afternoon, then it's, it's, it's a, a proverbial shit show. Now, point, point of information, because I am a cyclist, driver, and a pedestrian. The Brooklyn Bridge is something of a disaster for all three of those people at certain times of day. 
Agree or disagree, Paul Steely Wright, White, of you know, transformational uh, agree, but for those of us who ride their bikes, uh, increasing numbers riding their bikes in New York City, if you are across the Brooklyn Bridge, it's like Times Square. It's one of those places where, as a cyclist, you just have to realize that pedestrians absolutely rule. It's like mm-hmm. the customer's always right. In New York City, the pedestrian is always right. Wow, that's, that's a big admission very, there. Yes. That's a big admission. Is Did we just get... <laughs> we've we come just a long news? way. You know, we, we've, we're all evolving. You know, all New Yorkers are learning how to get around each other and deal with life in a congested city. And we just have to realize that pedestrians are at the top of the food chain. Absolutely. Okay, but what if pedestrians drift into the bike lane as they often do on that bridge? It happens. But, you know, one of the core principles of Vision Zero is that people are going to make mistakes out there, Mm. Uh, whether it's a a promenade or a street or a sidewalk, crosswalk. And the penalty for those mistakes should not be death. It should not be dismemberment. And that's why forgiving streets, right, we can design Mm -hmm. and manage Mm -hmm. our streets so when people make those inevitable errors, the penalty is not death. Interesting. Rob Paris, penalty should be death or not? (laughs) You agree or disagree? Uh, I disagree. Uh, the penalty should never be death for any crime in a civilized country. Wow! So he w- he went further than so you agreed you agreed Deep. and then you went further. So where are, just so we know on capital punishment at all, you're against Paul Steely oh, White. Of course. I'm okay. A good so New we're Yorker. so we're all set now. Vince, where are you on capital punishment? Yeah, I'm against capital. Okay, punishment. Okay, good. So so there's nobody in the room favors capital punishment. That's pretty exciting. But Although sometimes, oh, <laughs> I know the the urge <laughs> you know, the urge arises. Yeah. I, I always thought capital punishment only for double parking. But that was we, the only <laughs> thing where would the incentive would work. Let's get back to life and death on our streets. You know, um, tomorrow. <laughs> we'll tomorrow, ask the questions here. Tomorrow yeah. morning, uh, Mayor De Blasio is 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 keynoting our Vision Zero Cities conference. People are coming from all over the world, all over the country, to learn how and why. New York City streets are becoming safer because you know what? The national trend is in the opposite yeah. direction. For the record, Paul Steely White, I was going to mention your okay. big conference. Okay. So, but uh, now that we're on the topic, yeah. I'll ask the questions here. Vince and I are very big supporters of no death on the streets. No death. However, we are suspicious that, f- that at times Vision Zero has been more press release than policy. And you know, now recent events may have altered our opinion on that. I'm ready to accept that. As you know, the mayor's made a big commitment to, to Vision Zero in the most recent budget. Why don't you just give us an, give our listeners an overview of the positives of that budget, Vision Zero-wise? It's a $2.5 billion capital commitment over 10 years. The mayor recently raised that uh, by $300 million, and it's, it's huge. Um, streets in a neighborhood near you are transforming and becoming safer thanks to the mayor putting his money where his mouth is, funding Vision Zero. I think that's one of the key reasons why casualties are going down in New York City. More life is coming to our streets compared to other cities because it's more than just a slogan here. It's actually putting investment, more protected bike lanes, more protected crosswalks, slower vehicle speeds, and really taking care of our pedestrians. And so we want to see that number continue to go down. But I think we can all agree, as we do, that death is unacceptable on our streets. We have to do more than that. Our streets should do more than just not kill us, right? They should be convivial, joyful places where kids can play and people can engage in healthy, active transportation. And that's our vision. We're not trying to confiscate your car. We're not trying to take your parking spot away, necessarily. We're just trying to make streets that are livable for everyone. Well, you hit on a lot of topics there. i got to bring mm-hmm. in Robert Paris, of course. But you said casualties are down. Are they down? Give me numbers. Absolutely. Give me numbers. Uh, uh, since Vision Zero started, since the mayor launched Vision Zero three years ago, they've been decreasing at a rate of about 10% a year. Okay. Okay. So, Every year. So how many, year over year. How many people, pedestrians, dr- drivers, I guess I'll include, and cyclists, die on an average in the course of a year in New York City? I mean, you, any, even one is too many, but how many? If you, you know, uh, uh, pedestrians, are more pedestrians are dying than anyone else. Yeah. Um, you know, motorists, uh, bicyclists, motorcyclists. 
you know, it's in like the mid 200s, you That's know, a lot. so it's, 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 it's still a lot. So and, Vision and, Zero yeah. wants to get that down, presumably to zero. And it's been going down and we can get there. I mean, a combination of, you know, smarter street design, smarter enforcement, um, educating drivers, right? Um, but really it comes down to design. That's the most effective way to do it. And this, this has been the crux of this issue, right? A lot of controversy around the Prospect Park West bike lane and all of that. People have a very um, static view often of what streets should and can be. And we've, I think, exploded that in recent years. We've, we've said, look, streets are flexible. They're plastic. We can design them differently for better outcomes. Okay. And I think most New Yorkers get that now. Okay, but on design, i got to bring in Robert Paris. Now, Robert, you, as district manager of Community Board 2, hear a lot of stuff. You hear from pro-bike uh, activists. You hear from people like Paul Steely-White. You hear from drivers. You hear from pedestrians. You hear from old ladies. I mean, let's be honest. You hear from old ladies and old men. Old man Vince. Maybe not as much. <laughs> but anyway, you hear a lot. And I just, I'm not even bringing you in as an activist or an active person. I'm just saying, as someone who hears a lot, and as a journalist, I've relied on your credibility and objectivity. What do you hear when people come to you and say, we want to redesign this street, or we want to put a bike lane on this street, or we want to change the light timing, or take parking away? What do you hear? It's, it's a conflict. Uh, certainly, there are differences of opinion, and there is, without a doubt, a cohort that has now reached a point where anything DOT proposes is a bad idea. Um, and they're opposed uh, right from the start uh, without knowing really any of the details. But there's also a lot of people who are realizing that there's a paradigm shift in New York City, that there are a lot of people looking to get around town, and we need multiple modalities, and that includes bikes and walking. And if those are going to be viable alternatives, then they need to be safe. Yeah. But, you know, you, you've really been at the epicenter of this debate about our streets and who are they for and how they should be designed, Rob, because of the city bike expansion and some of your neighbors up in arms threatening physical violence against people who are for city bike and want to turn some parking spaces into city bike spaces. And we were pointing out as activists that for each parking space, each car parking space that you turn into a city bike station, you can fit seven city bikes in that same room, that same amount of room, and those bikes turn over six times a day instead of just sitting there all day. So you're getting much more transportation work out of that limited street space. And so that's why we're pro city bike and we want it to expand even further. So if I have one beef with the yeah, mayor this budget season, you know, we're funding ferries and that's great. We live in an archipelago. We need ferries. Oh, good use of the archipelago. Thank you. That's thank nice. you. And it, you know, it's kind of a nice, uh, it's, it's not quite bucolic, but it's, John, you know. You put up a picture of That's an a bunch of islands. <laughs> I, I, I think he's actually misusing the word, but that's. Interesting. Go. That's go. okay. Let's hear it. Um, well, I think it really needs to be a chain of islands, and I'm not sure that we are. Right. Right. The cluster. I think cluster right. of islands. I think fits the look definition. Johnny, 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 we need someone image. look that up. Get me but my point, my All point right. is that each of those ferry rides is subsidized at the at to the tune of six dollars sixty cents per ferry trip. How much money is the city putting in to subsidize or invest in city bike? Well, actually, right now, none. A big exactly. goose egg. Uh, exactly. If you take a city bike, the wheels themselves show how little. The, 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 I'm making a zero. You notice I'm making a circular thing. Okay, is that what that, that is? That didn't work on radio. But the point is, I'm a city bike fan. Yeah. Paul Steely White. The city hasn't done enough for city bike. And as you know, I'm dating a woman in Jackson Heights. Great lady, Johnny. You've met her. Fantastic. I love how your love life figures into no, this. No, but, but it's been difficult because I can't I mean, hop how could a city it not? bike. I can't. Well, <laughs> thank you. I can't hop a city bike in Jackson Heights. Why is it not in parts of a story? Why is it not in Jackson Heights? What is holding back, other than the mayor, city bike's expansion? 
Well, that's a really good question. And I think right now, it, you know, the mayor is not holding it back necessarily. He still has time to earmark funding in this city budget to get it done. You know, in that $6.60 subsidy for every ferry trip for pennies per trip, I mean, pennies, yeah, pennies. you could create the most robust, accessible, equitable bike share system in the world right here in New okay. York City. So we're talking about subsidies for ferries are very high. Subsidies for transit is lower. Now that's a state. I get MTA, state, the whole bit. Uh, drivers have huge subsidies. Yeah, is there any number for like how much a car is subsidized in New York City? Does Just that exist? Take one example, those mm. East River bridges we were talking yeah, about, the yeah. wear and tear on those bridges, the city's on the hook for that cost. And it's hundreds of millions of dollars every couple of years the yeah, city has yeah. to invest to keep those bridges in a state of good repair. All that roads is born too. Roads by tax too. dollars. Roads, too. Tax dollars. So drivers who say, oh, you bikers aren't paying your fair way, we're paying more than our fair share for those of us who don't drive because it's our tax dollars that are supporting their infrastructure. I mean, every pothole that, that the mayor fills when they do that big photo op, there's millions of other potholes that normal guys are filling, and women, they're filling, and I'm paying for that. <laughs> I am paying for that. Now, how many, now, a bike does cause some wear and tear on the roads, Let's to be fair. Tiny I mean, bit. come on, really? Tiny Sure. But Not me, Gersh. I'm on the yeah, sidewalk, there's baby. There's like a five-ton trucks rumbling outside right now. So there are subsidies for cars. There's subsidies for subway riders. And there are subsidies for these new ferries. Now, I, and I'm, I, you don't know where you know where I stand on ferries. I think this particular ferry was not completely vetted. I think it's a it's a giveaway, like your ferry on the rock, Vince. It's a giveaway to a, a community that the mayor needs to vote for him. Uh, yeah, just like Giuliani's. Oh, we'll make the ferry free. That might be a little unfair. No, I mean, that I think is we, completely we, we, unfair. There's a subway literally a block from that ferry pier in Rockaway. There's an A train that takes you to Lower ferry, Manhattan in about. Ferry goes places that subway does. That's not. true, and we can we can talk about a larger, coherent ferry plan, and which is coming. But I don't think that had been fully vetted. Where should the route actually be? Where will it maximize? Why should I put a ferry landing a block from an A-train? Well, take the free Staten Island ferry. You could argue that that's a purely political thing. I would say it's a little bit political, but it's more like mm. we all live in New York City. We all have a right to access. We all need to feel connected to each other. True. And, and so, you know, if the subsidies are a little bit lumpy, we can live with that. But the disparity right now between the enormous subsidies going to ferries and zero going to bike share is really something we need to take care of. Well, that's clearly your agenda because you brought it up twice. But let's talk what about Vince's point, which is we don't even need a Staten Island ferry. If you dig a subway tunnel and connect the Staten Island Railway to the system called the subway. That's Wh why we have engineers. That's why we have engineers. Yeah. What, now, it's going to cost about $10 billion. Let's, Tunneling, do, let's do it. Elon Musk wants to build a whole <laughs> network of, you know, uh, ant tunnels below every U.S. city to alleviate traffic congestion. Let's and do it. <laughs> some people think that's a good idea. I think it's a terrible idea because if we've learned anything over the last hundred years, that the more capacity you, you create for driving, the more driving you got. And you, everyone just drives. And we know that driving is making us fat. It's making us unhappy. It's, you know, we're, it's the worst part of someone's day. I do so, have to say, as a cyclist, Paul Steely White is aptly named. I mean, he's a handsome man. <laughs> and I say that, you guys know, you listen to the show, I talk a lot about my sexuality. It is devoutly heterosexual. But I can acknowledge male beauty. I can. Oh, and gosh. I've always said that about Vince and Paul Steely White. You know, and of course, I feel Robert like we've been yes. kindling our bromance for some time. It's been a time. Yeah. All right. I said, his shirt keeps getting... It's, it's, <laughs> another button has been removed okay, from Paul Steely White's shirt. But <laughs> now, you guys think I was overwhelmed by the ma masculinity in the room, but I wasn't. I was listening to Paul Steely White, and earlier you spoke of enforcement. You talked about enforcement. Now, drivers... I gotta say, are getting an easy ride when it comes to the NYPD enforcement. I'll give you one example right off the top of my head. That guy got killed, the Galasio got killed in, in um, Queens a couple of weeks ago. Very tragic case. They did a ghost bike ride. 
the, the NYPD CEO in the 108 precinct, he did a crackdown on cyclists. Not yeah. on drivers after that, on cyclists. Now, what's that all about, We've Paul's Daily White? Again. Why, Kelly, why? Kelly, Kelly Hurley, a young, yep. talented yep. woman uh, uh, riding to work on First Avenue, yep. 9th Street. Um, again, um, NYPD blaming the victim for the crash when, in fact, it was the driver not yielding to a lawful cyclist. And yep. most often, that's the case. I'm not saying bikers aren't out there breaking traffic laws. We all see it. But in most of these cases where there's a crash, where there's a fatality, it was a motorist not yielding, veering into the bike lane, speeding, et cetera. And the NYPD has this reflexive victim-blaming thing that they do. And I honestly, Gersh, I don't understand. No, but I in the 108, you, there's a new CO there. I did a little research on this. Okay. Just saying, so new okay. CO there. First four months of his tenure, he has upped the summonses to cyclists. Now, I don't get that. That's not data-driven enforcement. That's if they exactly were, right. If they were spending, deploying their limited enforcement resources in a rational, data-driven way, they would spend their entire day cracking down on speeding and failure to yield because that's what's killing people out there on the street. What they're responding to is historic bias about bikers and pedestrians somehow not belonging on the streets in the that's most right. densely pedestrian city in the uh, on the continent. And so really what we're trying to do is move the NYPD to a place where they're actually enforcing according to what's killing people on the street. All right, but now I got a question. I got a question. Oh, okay. Do you think that people who get in a car and drive to work every day or a guy delivering something, it's never there, or is it ever their intention to hit a bicyclist? That's, you know, Vince, that's the wrong question. Whoa. Oh. Um, and and you, re you need to turn I was just giving a, a. I was just giving a, a, a hypothetical. Yeah, but no, uh, I like uh, it. Go, go. Go. Because the, the question isn't, when a driver pulls out of their parking space, do they plan to hurt or kill somebody? The question is, when they pull out of their parking space, do they make a commitment to themselves and everyone else on the road to take due care and Thank make you. sure that nobody gets hurt? Yeah. Yes. Now, I agree with you 100%. I'm yeah. And just so you know, a point of information, but Vince is one of the most courteous drivers I've ever driven with. The He's most incredible. Courteous. He's yes. incredible. Okay. Go ahead. My, my, my point was maybe the police officers have this thing that they don't want to get someone in trouble for doing something that they had no intent to do. That was precisely the attitude that we as a culture took towards drunk driving yeah. 30 years nice. ago. No, They didn't mean to do it. You know, <laughs> They didn't mean to plow in. But as Rob so aptly said, it's due care. It's a legal yeah. concept called due care. If you don't follow it, you're negligent and you're killing someone for no reason. And when you're out there, it's not just your convenience that matters, right? It's human life. And that's why we really like the fact that the mayor has stuck to his guns on Vision Zero. He's staying the course. We Obviously, we as advocates, we're always criticizing him for a lot of stuff. But right now, the, the, the budget commitment and really the New York uh, story of taking a lead on this issue and showing the way for the rest of the country is huge. But people are, are more people being convicted of reckless driving. They are. Uh, the DAs are starting to step up a, a little bit, right? It's mm -hmm. happening. The NYPD are writing uh, uh, more uh, summonses and they're citing more drivers for failing to yield, mm -hmm. right? And now that's a misdemeanor. If you injure or kill someone, it's a misdemeanor if you were not yielding as a driver. Should be a felony. We had a big battle with the bus drivers union a couple of years ago about that. Um, and that was their contention too. Look, we, we, have, we have tough jobs. We're out there on the street. We don't mean to kill anyone. We all mm -hmm. we agree with that. And there are some street design issues that would certainly help. But at the end of the day, when you're driving in New York City, you do have a special responsibility. And it's not about your convenience. It's about what could happen if you don't pay attention. And, and you know, Vince, I'll tell you something. There's also civil grounds for cyclists who are injured by drivers. For example, I don't know if you're aware of this. Uh, Paul is obviously where I learned this at the tour to Staten Island, which I went on. 
I didn't see you there, Paul, by the way. Yeah, what's up with that? But I'll tell you what I learned. He, I, he's, 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 you notice, <laughs> if you let the record show he's cringing. I was at the tour to Staten Island. I met a couple of people who said, if you are hit by a guy opening a door and you're a cyclist and you're injured, you know, obviously it's against the law to open a door without due care, et cetera. You have right. civil recompense. What's the word? Recompense. You can get civilly yes. recompensed. Yes. <laughs> you have civil recourse <laughs> against that driver, and I think that's awesome. And there yeah. are guys like Steve, was Steve Vaccaro is a big lawyer in that Steve field. Steve Vaccaro is, is uh, on our advisory council at Transportation Alternatives. He's a, a leading legal scholar on this issue. He, you know, he practices law. He represents a lot of pedestrians and cyclists. I mean, he's out there kicking ass every day. Love Steve. He he was there at the Tour de Staten Island. Yeah, I saw him, Paul. I was looking for you because I wanted to see you as a movable, movable was, feast in your bike show. I was studying for this show. I, I yeah. had to like review my notes. Well, we're going to grill you. We're going to take a very quick break because we got to pay some bills. But I want after the break, and Vince doesn't even know this is coming. We are going to talk about douchebags, drivers, <laughs> pedestrians, cyclists. We're going to talk who's the biggest douchebag. Vince, get a little music there for us. So look. Who's our advertiser, Massengale? No. <laughs> That's what it does sound like it. No, let's talk a little bit about dentistry. Because, Paul, you're a handsome guy, and you got a great smile, but when was the last time you saw a good dentist who was truly affordable? It's been yeah, it's been, been years. years. Well, you know who you should call? Dr. Joseph Lichter. Lichter. I got price tags here. Look at this. Zoom bleach whitening, $3.95. See, smile. You, is no, he like, doesn't is need this a, Is this a lead into a joke? Lichter, hardly even know her? No. <laughs> What I tell you, what I tell you, don't make fun of the advertisers. Implants, dental implants, twelve fifty. Invisalign, which is that inside the mouth braces, thirty nine ninety five. That's half price. Wow. Versus some dentist. Wow. Anyway, he's also the dentist for the hey, New if York I'm Riveters. For your advertiser, I want a free dental cleaning. Can I get a free dental cleaning? Out you of can get a cleaning. All right. You, no, can you get should no. You should you should frequent our advertisers because they're the ones that allow us to have this back and forth here. Something Without else. them, we can't do this. Yeah. So, so tell, we're not looking for any favors here. Serve somebody. You got, yeah, that's right. You may be an ambassador to England or France. <laughs> but anyway, Joseph Lichter is the best dentist in Brooklyn. You Damn call it. him at 718-339-7878. Joseph Lichter, your smile is his priority. It really is. Atlas Steakhouse offers you a unique dining experience. First, you choose your steak. Every cut is aged to tend to perfection on site. You pair it with the vintage from their extensive wine list or with one of their Atlas Steakhouse signature cocktails. Gersh, your favorite? The Godfather. Of course. Enjoy a succulent appetizer as their master chef crafts your choice cut as you desire. I like my medium rare. I always go medium rare. Well, there you go. But you and like a filet. I like a strip. We, we've been through that. <laughs> and when your main course arrives, my filet is strip, you will understand why at Atlas Steakhouse, they always offer you a cut above the rest. Atlas Steakhouse is at 943 Coney Island Avenue. Visit them online anytime at atlassteak.com. So we're all getting older. And I'm looking at Paul Steeley, I'm looking at Robert Paris. Yeah, no, the handsome men. And they've got, yeah, a little gray up top, but great bodies. And they're going to be around for a long time. But not all of us are going to be around for a long time. And that's why I'm thinking about Village Care Max. I'm just thinking about it. I mean, it's a couple years away. But it's a Medicaid-managed long-term It's sooner plan. than you think, Gersh. It's, it's sooner come, than you think. That I, I Don't look back because someone, including old age, might be gaining on you. And that's what Village Care Max is for. They use your Medicaid to keep you in your home. They don't want you in a nursing home. My, I told my kids, my kids 15 and 9, I said, listen, if I can't fuck, eat, and play hockey and bike, <laughs> you just put me in a nursing home and just kill me. But, uh, but they're going to call Village Care Max first. They're going to say, look, let's work with your healthcare professionals. Let's work with your doctor. Let's work with your landlord so you can stay in your home. You want to learn more? VillageCareMax.org or call 800 
469-6292. Village Care Max. Live the life. Stay in the home. Sleep with whomever you want for as long as you want. You know, can I chime in here for a moment? Because this is this is really important because this is like aging in place, right? You shouldn't have to move <laughs> That's right. to a special facility and and, and, and bum, you know, bumble wherever. I was, can I say I can you say, say that? Bumblefuck, I, yeah. Okay, you said it. That's not an me. You said town. it, not me. That's an actual town. My kids yes. might be listening. Yeah. Um, but you know, if you're going to age in place, the streets have to take care of you as well, and that's why we're in favor of more time to cross the street, right? Ah, okay. And if you look at the numbers, senior citizens in New York City—we're all approaching that age—represent um, 13% of the population. 35% of the pedestrian fatalities and injuries. And wow. that's not because they're breaking the law. Clearly. It's because they're more susceptible to that kind of reckless driving. And so, you know, we, we want to take care of our seniors. I mean, you're like doing a sub ad for Village Care Max. I saw an opportunity. I took it. Live you know, the life before. you want to live. Bike the way you want to bike. Vince, you got Atlas one more ad? Meat Market. Let's say you can't make it out that steakhouse. On, still a bike, want a steak? on a bike or in a car. You still want a steak? Give them a call. Atlas Meat Market is available. Operators standing by right now. 347-915-2000. Give them a call. Place your order. You want a sirloin? They got it. Strip? You want it? You want you some? You want some beef for beef stew? They got it. Oh, beef stew is easy. You want some ground beef, which I used to call we used to call chopped meat. Chopped meat. Chop Back in the day, they got it. Let's see what else they got. Oh, chuck steak. You like a chuck, chuck. steak? My wife makes the best. It's Belgian beer beef stew. You put like triple, double like Belgian beer in there with like the chuck steak cubed up. You let it sort of marinate for. Oh my god. So now it's like an ad for, for yeah. Paul Steely White's but, wife. No, but that's fantastic because <laughs> that's what you do with the chuck steak. And you get that chuck steak, as always, at Atlas Meat Market. They're at 387 Avenue X in Graves End. Head out there today. They will deliver to your house. They will deliver anywhere in the world, just like those Omaha Steak guys. Yeah, those Omaha Steak guys, they are not Brooklynites. And remember, but you, <laughs> but you get a souvenir cooler that you can reuse. Oh, you get the cooler, yeah. yeah. You do that? Is it, is it made of styrofoam or is it yeah, made of yeah. real cooler? No, it's it's starving. Yeah, there you go. <sighs> that's not good. No. All right. So all right, but number? it is halal, so you're not gonna get any pork. No but that's pork. okay. Get the London broil. Hmm. Get the oxtail. Ooh, yeah, make an it's oxtail for my girlfriend on Thursday. How about this? How about the porterhouse? I got the oxtail, grass-fed oxtail. Just so you guys know, at the Park Slope Food Co-op. Oh yeah. Yeah. I don't know why you would go there when you could go to Atlas Steakhouse, <laughs> Atlas Meat Market, 387 Avenue X. Give them a call right now, 347-915-2000. Operators are standing by. Okay, we paid some bills. And if you're just joining us, we're joined by Robert Paris, who's the district manager of a very active community board, too, in Brooklyn, Brooklyn Heights, Fort Greene, Clinton Hill, the whole bit. And on his left, Paul Steely White, the aptly named Paul Steely White, who's head of Transportation Alternatives. Now, before the break, I said, I'm going to drop a bombshell. And I'm going to do it right now. Now, Paul, Paul, this question is for you first. I'm a driver. I'm a cyclist. I'm a pedestrian. Multimodal. I, I'm all over the place. Yeah, yeah, you're not alone. Yeah, no, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of me out there. Now, I see it all. I see cyclists go through red lights fast. I see pedestrians on their phone not looking. I see drivers doing all sorts of crazy stuff, putting on makeup, whatever. We all have, we're all guilty at one point. You said it at one point. We ought to all pay attention. Who... Per capita, which group, cyclists, pedestrians, or drivers, per capita, number of douchebags? Which group has, <laughs> seriously, because drivers are drifting, cyclists, I'll stop at a light, and a guy behind me will go right through it, and the pedestrian doesn't know what to do. The pedestrian's like, eh, on his phone, whatever. Yeah, I, I would I would like to inter- introduce a, uh, a concept called relative douchebaggery. Okay, okay, your, your, RD, your, your, RD. Your, your douchebag quotient is, is directly proportional uh, not just to your reckless behavior, but your capacity to do harm. Okay. If I if I fuck up as a cyclist, 
uh, and I hit someone, chances are very slim that I'm going to kill that person. Very slim. It, it happens every two or three years that a cyclist will kill someone. It's a tragedy. It has to be prevented. It's immoral. But if you look at that in context, the hundreds of pedestrians and others who are killed by reckless drivers, so that, that douchebaggery uh, uh, potential is really uh, increases exponentially with your capacity to do harm to others. Mm. If you're captaining a two-ton vehicle in the most pedestrian, cyclist-rich city in America, you do have a, res a special responsibility. So really, if you're walking or you're biking, you're automatically an anti-douchebag because you're taking up less space. Your capacity to harm others is greatly reduced. Well, your, D you're, your you're DQ is down. polluting the air. Your DQ, thank you. Your DQ is yeah. down. All right, so Robert Paris, where are you on this? Because you see everything. You're out there. Well, and also you can just, you know, the modal split is heavily weighed still towards, um, towards vehicles, at least when we're on the road. We're all pedestrians once we put our feet on the ground and step out of bed. But at a certain point, you know, most people get on a train, mm -hmm. get on a bike, get into their car, and the modal shift outside of public transportation uh, favors um, favors vehicles. So, right. you know, just on the sheer numbers of people, I think you're going to get more douchebags in cars okay. than on bikes. But now we're talking about douchebag quotient. So it seems to me a subway rider mm. has the lowest DQ because, yeah. because they're, they're barely a douchebag at all. Although you do have to stand clear of the closing doors, <laughs> then you got well, they got that man spreading thing going around the city. Okay, yeah, that's true. Some man spreading, but, but in terms of the the, D, the DQ that Paul Steely White defined, you're not going to kill someone by man spreading. You can't kill someone by man spreading. I mean, you, <laughs> you in can, a rare case, yeah. has there ever been a recorded? Cause some emotional trauma for sure. But sure. I don't know, yeah. And then I would say pedestrians are next because I, they can't really kill anybody. No. Although, if again, a pedestrian wanders into traffic. Could cause a pileup, but it doesn't I happen. Want, I want to address that for a second. I know you always do. You, you know, so do. so I, I mentioned the mayor speaking tomorrow morning at our Vision Zero Cities conference at Fordham Law. It's sold out, so that's not a, a plug because we can't. You can't come. It's, it's sold a plug. Out. It's going to be covered. Last yeah. year, last year, uh, then commissioner, the police commissioner, last year, uh, you know, Bill Bratton, he he got up there at our conference and he basically said that the reason why pedestrians are dying is because they're on their smartphones. They're distracted. And yeah, you hate that. walking. You hate that. We went ballistic, yeah. and we issued a statement right then and there. Uh, you know, um, basically calling him out on that because it's not wrong? true. Why? If you look at the data, we all see it happening, but you can't govern by anecdote. You can't deploy enforcement resources by anecdote. All the data shows that yes, that's happening. But in every case, I mean, not every case, but like ninety percent of these cases, it's a it's a motorist who's not yielding. It's mm -hmm. a motorist who's speeding, and the. Um, in New York City, it's true that people are distracted. They're walking. It's a walking city. People say, oh, they came out of nowhere. People are always coming out yeah. of nowhere in New York City. And so if we want to protect people out there and make it so that the penalty for jaywalking is not death, we've got to create forgiving streets. We've got to lower the speed limit. We already did. We need to lower it more, frankly. Okay, but but um, you admit, you yeah. admit that we all need to pay attention all the time. Well, that's a that's you know that's a platitude that's only half true. Really, motorists <laughs> need to pay more attention because they have a much greater capacity to harm others. Okay, again, and, you're and, doing and the they're quotient. moving faster. They are moving faster, but listen, cyclists go at 25, 30 miles an hour. Now, again, they can't yeah. kill with the kind of uh, ability that a no, driver can. That special responsibility definitely applies to bikers as well. You know, when you're walking in a city like New York, you should really be able to have a pleasant, more or less carefree experience. If you're riding a bike or driving, really, there is an extra. 
sense of like, okay, I'm, I'm not nerve rock necessarily, but I'm, I'm, I'm applying some extra attention okay. here. So let's take care of our pedestrians first, and I think the rest will fall into place. So, and you really put a big value on the architecture of our streetscapes. That's what works. I mean, we're big fans of before and after studies, and if you redesign the street, so you widen the sidewalks, you uh, uh, make the crosswalks high visibility, you bump out the corners, yeah. Yeah. you change the signal timing so that people know when they're supposed to you know, go when, you know, this whole simultaneous right-of-way thing that we have needs to change, right? Because most of the crashes that are happening, it's a motorist with uh, with, a, with a green light to turn. Yeah. They're supposed to yield to someone who's in the in the crosswalk, but they don't often, they don't always do that. And that's where we get these uh, casualties happening. I so do care. we yeah. want to do the split phase, right, where you're only allowed to go when there isn't, a, you know, so separating those right. signals out. Just so you know, as a driver, Vince, he is so courteous that he will often get into arguments with pedestrians demanding that they take the right of way that is theirs. Yes, oh, that's I awesome. Yeah. I do that. For you. I do. He really is. He's waving people on. He's giving people salutes. I mean, he's one of the most courteous guys Pedestrian's in always right. I Without love question. It. But, Rob, in Brooklyn Heights, uh, here we do, go. You have, do you have a lot of drivers in Brooklyn Heights, people that live there? I mean, there's lots of cars parked along the streets. That, that much I'm aware of. And until a lot of the garage sites were redeveloped for residential use, there were a lot of places to park cars off the street, uh, in a neighborhood where many of the residents could afford to uh, drop big bucks every month. Yeah, to I used park to park, I think, on st was it State Street? That little that Yep, little that garage right is now? still there. Yeah, I used to park down there when we worked at 26 Court. But my question is, how do the drivers in Brooklyn Heights take these changes? And there have been neck downs in Brooklyn mm, Heights and all, all these downs. things. Do people complain to you about that, or are they uh, happy with, with those moves in the Heights? Uh, you know, Brooklyn Heights is probably not the neighborhood where I get the greatest pushback. Um, and also, Brooklyn Heights has a very unique dynamic um, in, in the civic life of the city because the Brooklyn Heights Association is the longest continuously operating neighborhood association. And so residents in Brooklyn Heights often don't bring their complaints to the community board. They bring their complaints to the Brooklyn Heights Association. Which then brings its complaints to you, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> they, or they bring them directly to city agencies, yeah. elected officials. They're not exactly a passive neighborhood group. Uh, it's not about having a block party. <laughs> That's exactly <laughs> right. No, they're a very active group, and as you know, we have tangled with the BHA on many occasions as journalists. Yes. There's a lot of pushback there. In fact, I believe recently, Vince, you got pushback from the BHA on a series of stories you wrote about a secret deal that the BHA was involved with on Pier 6. Am I right? That is 100% correct. So if you're out there listening... No, the Heights Association these. wasn't happy with our coverage of, uh, of the lawsuit against Pier 6, and... It can, is what it you, is. Can you embed a link in radio? Oh, we're embedding a link. Johnny, right put, now, up, a Johnny, link put right up that link. No, Vince, and Vince is right. Listen, you read that story. The facts bear out exactly what was reported in that story. Nobody disputes the facts. Nobody. Well, I don't know. There's a lot, <laughs> there's a lot of disputing going on. Yeah, but nobody disputed the facts. Nobody disputed the facts. Anyway, as far as douchebag quotients go, wow. Wow. I won't even go now, there. Now, what about, we were talking about, um, like, Metrotech right here. Yeah. Now, we have this big plaza out there, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. And lots of times, bicyclists will come through that plaza at breakneck speed. Yeah, a little speed. too fast, Paul. A little too and, fast. And, you know, when I pull, I, I'm a great driver. I'm also very, I'm a fantastic bicyclist, I might add. When I pull into that plaza, I'm doing maybe two, three miles just, an hour. Just like just walking very it. slow. Just practically like walking, walking it, but I'm, I'm not getting off the bike. I'm not actually walking You're it. literally I'm not coasting crazing. through. But I see plenty of people just speeding through there at, yeah. you know, uh, like at breakneck yeah. speed. And not okay. That's not okay. Out of the way. That's, a, that's a nuisance. You but know, that's a douchebag. It's, it's a douchebag, you know, with a, with a small D. With a small D, a Q. D. Small yeah. D, Q, yeah. because, it's, because he probably is not going to kill anybody. What if they kill a pigeon? 
Well, <laughs> depending on your, uh, if you're an ornithologist or not. You know, I have, I have a staffer who nurses baby birds back to health. She, like, of injured birds. She worked, works at this place in the Upper West Side. And she had a pigeon last week with a bandage on its leg. And I don't know if, you know, people call pigeons, like, flying rats. I don't think that's right. I think they do have a, uh, a special place in the New York, uh, in New Yorkers' hearts. And, they're um, not from here. We need they're to, immigrants. Like the they're rest invasive? Of us. Are they invasive? They're immigrants oh, like the rest of us. They yeah. are rock doves, yes. Wow. Um, but yeah, we can all agree that human life is the most important thing on our streets, and we need to bring uh, more of it back. Not just saving lives, but bringing life. But this promenade, this plaza, right? More pedestrian places, more places to just be and hang out. And that's why in the age of Trump, it's so important for us to take care of our public space, right? Who's Trump? <laughs> Why did we bring up Trump on that? Sorry, is, is he Buzzkill. Is he moving um, against public space? Buzzkill. Well, you know, he. There were some rumors that they were going to crack down on people's right to be in and around um, Trump Plaza and Fifth mm, Avenue. Mm. And um, you know, we're living in a potential police state. I think it's more more important than ever for us to realize that democracy is embedded in our public space, our ability to engage in free speech, to meet each other out there in public space. And so, like Washington Square Park, Union Square, we want to see more of these places where people can gather, assemble, and speak their minds and, and, and buy a loose joint. And there you go. It's and all I just about said that because <laughs> you know Jeff Sessions is against it. All right, I got to. It's all platitudes until I start asking. Gersh, Gersh, can I return to? Um, Writing in the in the yeah, eleven, I would love that because yeah. this is a, a you know my office is right across the street and this is a, a personal peeve of mine. For a long time, the service road wasn't open to uh, drivers, cyclists, the B fifty four, and so the promenade was really the only way to get from J Street mm-hmm. to the end of Myrtle Avenue. But uh, with the reopening of the service road, it's really the much better route for cyclists and to go. You know, a half block south and then a half block north again to get to Myrtle Avenue on a bike is seconds. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's really no extra time or effort. And yet the the bike route um, on the maps goes through the promenade uh-huh. and and people are just uh, set on that being the way to go when there is a uh, preferable and superior option uh, just a few feet away. So you're banning bikes in the uh, in the Metro Tech uh, Plaza. You know, it, it's an interesting. The the, the owner of the property uh, has banned the bikes. I think there's signs that say that. Yeah. Uh, but um, on the other hand, so it's, you'd like to see that enforced. I would like to see cyclists use the service road and avoid pedestrians as much think, as possible. If I can chime in, I think there's this bigger issue of bike behavior, right? I think there's two solutions that really work. It's not like writing more tickets necessarily. It's 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 infrastructure. It's recognizing where cyclists want to go and accommodating them in a safe way. Right. So they're not like, uh, you know, impinging on pedestrians. And, and, and I think it's cops on bikes. You know, the mayor's doing this now. They're, they're, they're growing this program. You know, when cops are out there on the street face-to-face with people, you know, hopefully being good exemplars of, of bike behavior, you know, I, I think that works. And, like, giving bikers warnings, ticketing is sometimes appropriate, but that presence on the street and normalizing bicycling, city bike has been a tremendously normalizing and calming influence on New York City's bike culture. You know, people who are riding city bikes are generally not bombing down the Brooklyn Bridge doing 40 miles per hour. They're poking along, and it's that kind of riding culture that's more European. Mm-hmm. I mean, in a word, I hesitate to say it because wow, yeah. we're proud of Brooklyn. Trump. Yeah, when age I walked Trump, over the bridge this morning, there was a, a woman gasping to get up the hill from Manhattan to the to the town. Wow, city could, bike is On tough. the city bike, she could barely make it, and her, her boyfriend or significant other or brother, I don't know, was at the top just laughing at her. 
Oh, then no. clearly I, not, pa- oh. I passed her walking. I but passed her. Clearly not a significant. <laughs> and she looked other. like she was in good shape, but clearly, you know, she yeah, needed ba- a little based cardio. on behavior, that was a brother. Yeah, that, <laughs> I don't like that. Anyway, that's a douche, douchebag quotient there, very high. <laughs> All right, so you're making a good point about our infrastructure and architecture. That's been your big thing. I mean, I keep going back to that, but now I want to go back to the tough question because TA transportation alternatives has become like the 900 pound gorilla of New York City politics. You guys are huge, getting bigger, and that's a positive thing. Membership is up. Activism is up. But then my question for you is, how do you keep connected to the grassroots in the communities where these these smaller groups are, are the activists in, and, and are feeding TA? Do you snub them? Do you welcome them? What's the role? I mean, really, the secret to our success is that we, we do that very well. We have uh, activist committees in every borough. Mm. Some boroughs have two. Uh, we have two here in Brooklyn, North course, and South. Of course. And we work with local groups. Uh, out in Queens, if I can invoke another borough for a moment. No. Um, it's okay. It's okay. Uh, it's, it's, no. it's another uh, city. No. My girlfriend lives in Queens, <laughs> by the way, just FYI, and she's amazing. Uh, we, we worked with this great group called uh, Mujeres en Movimiento, which is, um, um, as their name might suggest, you know, a group of, of mostly immigrants <laughs> who are working to make 111th Street in, in Corona safer, right? We want, we want our kids to cross the street into the park safely. We want to ride safely. That community board out there. <laughs> yeah, you want, Right? You know, I mean... No, that community now. board or that community board member? No, well, there's a couple people on that board who are stymieing TAs and Mujeres. I, I don't speak Spanish. They didn't stymie us. We prevailed. You did in the yeah. End, but it was it was tough for a while there. It's a simple bike lane on like a very wide street. It's it's not even as controversial as Prospect Park West, and they blew it up. Yeah, and you did some good work there, but it was the it was the vol- it, it was the, the vol- activist it was the activists group. and the volunteers, yeah. and yep. um and that's and that's the story all over the city. You know, tonight uh, a big meeting um at Fourth Avenue and Ninth Street at St. Thomas Aquinas Church at nice. six thirty. Nice. The future of Fourth Avenue is at stake. Fourth Avenue from Dean to 65th Street. I mean, how many how many miles is that? That's lots like of miles. Seven like miles. Twenty-seven seven miles. You're not really going to put a bike lane on Fourth Avenue. Oh yeah, now, not I just support, a bike lane. Pedestrian safety improvements as well. I support it, but Rob, that's not. It's out of your district, but you it, know how it's hard. Actually, it's not. Okay, but that's going to be a hard sell. You know, I'm not sure that it is. Um, we only have three blocks of this in Community District Two, but if you look at the changes that DOT already made on Fourth Avenue. There is essentially a class two bike lane starting at Union Street and going south. The the parking mm. lane is so wide. Yeah. Um yeah. and there really is not a, a better alternative for north south travel in this area. Fifth Avenue, it's class terrible, two, class terrible. three, class Sharrows. two. Sharrows are death death chevrons as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> death chevrons. <laughs> Sharrows are a suggestion. <laughs> Sharrows are not a bike lane. <laughs> That's what I mean. Okay. Um, uh, <laughs> Death Chevrons. I did it. I'm going to look that up. I love okay. it. I'm sorry. I love but, it. I could okay. not say this better myself. So fifth isn't great. Fifth third isn't third great. isn't great either. Third isn't great. Um, there's a, a dedicated lane in one direction yeah. only. Yeah. Sixth Avenue is very tight. Very Seventh tight. Avenue is a commercial street. Eighth um, you don't want to be on either. It's really the Prospect Park West bike lane. And nothing else. And that only gets you as far as Bartell Pritchard Square. Nicely, um, nicely done. That's I live off of Bartell Pritchard Square. I call it the square. The square. Because that's just our... That's, I try, I, but I'm but just, why is it round, then? <laughs> um, it, so, it takes you from Union to Bartell Pritchard Square. That's it. So I think what DOT is proposing is something that's halfway there already um, and uh, really provides a route where, there, where none exists. So who was the leadership on this? Was it DOT or TA? You can be honest, Paul. It was the DOT taking the leadership role. Thank you. Yeah, we love we love it when the DOT takes leadership and uh, identifies a street that needs to be improved. Um, in those instances, when they do, 
Uh, it's usually still up to us to help line up the politics um, because we're not yet to the point where these safety improvements are made as a matter of course. Mm. I think we'll get there hopefully soon when we won't be debating life-saving street improvements and they will just be done like a water project. We don't debate whether or not we should separate our sewage and our water, right? There's an engineering standard at work there. We're, we're nearing a point where the data is so strong there's just a simple, standard, safe way to design a street, and the city will do it uh, as the rule and not the exception. Can I um, can I ask you about architecture? One last question, Vince. I know you're eager to jump all over Paul Steele, but I'm still a fan. Uh, verbally, I, verbally. I learned <laughs> I learned the term the other day after that tragic death on First Avenue. Bike mixing zones. Yeah. Now you know, and I know. Yeah. I'm on First Avenue a lot. Yeah. There are a lot of bike mixing zones. Now, as a cyclist, I th I think of them as death shadows again. Yeah. I actually veer out of the bike lane to go around the turning cars rather than to be victimized by them. Yeah. That's not good. I, I'm a good cyclist, but that's not a good idea. So, yeah. are you going to redesign bike mixing zones? We want a bad move, term. First yeah, they're they're not working. We, no. we, we need to, we, we need more separation between the vulnerable bikers and pedestrians and cars and trucks. Right. It's it's that simple. And and we're still making compromises. We don't have true vision zero yet because we're still not making safety improvements according to that safety first principle. We're still uh, you know, trying to make room to process all this traffic. And at the end of the day, sorry to use that platitude. I hate it when people say that at the end of the day. But you know, we need to recognize that Bottom line. Bottom line. Thank you. Much better. Um, fewer cars. <laughs> no, not really. <laughs> fewer cars and trucks in New York City. I mean, really, the the congestion pricing, uh, various parking reforms, better alternatives. There's simply too many cars and trucks moving on our streets. We need overnight deliveries. There's a lot of solutions mm -hmm. for this, but reducing that sheer number of the number of cars and trucks will really get us to a much safer, much more livable city. Uh, wow. Robert Paris, you agree with that or disagree? I agree with a great deal of it, and it's my will... mechanic calling me. By the way, I got a new alternator in the uh, in the Montego. Oh, you're not going to take that call, are you? No, no, not doing. He that didn't line. call seven one eight four, whatever the number is. Yeah. All right, do you agree with that, Robert Paris? Um, one of the one of the features in the Fourth Avenue uh, enhancements is physical changes at the intersections to slow down turning speeds and make sure the pedestrians and cyclists mm -hmm. are safest at the locations where they're the most vulnerable. So can we get to zero of Vision Zero? Robert Paris first. Zero. Can we get to zero pedestrian cyclist car deaths in the city of New York? Bottom line, at the end of the day. <laughs> Is that for Rob or for me? That's for Rob first. Rob, okay. Rob first. All right. We're, we're, quarter of 11, we're talking about the end of the day already. Yeah. Um, I'm drinking right now. You know, I, I don't think we're ever going to get to zero homicides, and I don't think we're ever going to get to zero vehicular deaths. Uh, but I think that it is a goal in both cases. Um, and the not being able to reach it, uh, that it's somewhat conceptual, is no reason to um, not fully endorse the idea. Well said. But Paul Steely White, what's your take on that? I, I'm more optimistic. I think that if we if we keep at it, uh, there's new technology on the horizon that are re that's really going to help a lot. It's going to augment what we can do with street design. You know, um, the Department of Citywide Administrative Services (DCAS). You know, they buy thousands of vehicles every year for city workers to use. They're beginning to spec vehicles for the you know 2018 uh, season, 2019. They have automatic braking systems. Mm -hmm. Um, these are these are systems that the car will stop automatically if you're about to hit something. It's like early autonomous vehicle type technology. So these are the kinds of things that will um, account for human error. 
right? And, and, and will, I think, take a lot of the risk out of the equation out there on our streets. It is possible to get to zero. We can get very close in the coming years. I would love to go a couple weeks, a month in New York City without a death and celebrate that and say, look, it's possible for us to do this, folks. Vince, wow. where are you on that? Vision Zero, ever? Uh, I don't think we'll ever get down to zero, no. I think it's, a, it's but like they said, it's a, it's a goal that we should strive for. If no. every driver in the city of New York was like Vince, and I don't mean just because he's handsome. I mean because he's a courteous driver. If every driver, Johnny, you're shaking your head. You don't even know. I've driven with this guy. I believe you. He is, it, we would have zero deaths, not just in New York, zero deaths anywhere. Yeah. Would, numbers of deaths would drop well, I think, everywhere. I think the key is not to be in a hurry. Like, yeah. you know, yeah. people that drive cars seem to think that they have a right to get somewhere in a certain amount of time. You know, I want to coin a, a term or a phrase Another if term. we can. You know, that, that, that thing you well, described. These are short where, bursts where, of genius that we well, call them. <laughs> the Vince wave. You said earlier when you're at an <laughs> intersection and there's a pedestrian with the right of way, yeah. but they're not going because they're not sure if you're going to yield or not. And most drivers in that situation will probably just go on through, right? Run, but, run them over. But you stop and you say, what are you doing? You have the right-of-way. Yeah, Get keep out going. there. Yeah. Keep going. Keep and moving. And you make eye contact. That's so important, right? Eye contact it's like people is seeing extremely important. That's yeah. why I always talk about getting your head out of the phone, whether you're a driver, Except when you're a pedestrian. pedestrian. I find <laughs> yeah. when you're a pedestrian, eye contact is the killer because that's when you end up walking into each other. You ever do that and you walk uh, in yeah, and you look yeah, at, yeah, and, then, yeah. and now you don't know if you're going to go one way or he's going to go the other or she, and then you bang into each other, you get your chocolate and the peanut butter, the peanut butter and the chocolate, and then you're like, it's not bad. Yeah, but you didn't know how good that could be. But you look away. If you don't look at them, you never hit them. Good but point. you can't do that when driving. Yeah. All right, Johnny's Maybe giving that's me... Johnny's no, I got, I got two more questions. So we, got, we got 10 minutes? What do we got? Johnny was giving me the wave. We got, we like, got, to, we got to do ads, though. Yeah, again, we got about well, how much minutes. time I got? You got 12. All right, I got two questions. 11 minutes. First, for Robert... What is going on at Tillery Street oh, and yeah. Adams? Yeah, yeah. Do you have any plans? We're talking to the Department of Transportation. We want to see what it's going to look like when it's done. Do you know what it's going to look like? Uh, that present th there's three presentations on the DOT's website. According to uh, my staff, I've been trying to get this for weeks. They're telling me there's nothing good there that shows anything. Yeah, it's it's weird. Everybody, I've actually believed there's it a not, massive neck down going in. I, again, I'm not for or against. I just want to know what it's going to look like. And when you know, it's done. I work for the Failing Daily News, and I have gotten calls about this <laughs> intersection. Yeah, no one's written about it, including us. So I need what's to know going what's going on. on, on. That corner? I'm putting you in touch with Lauren Gill after this radio show, and we're going to work this out because I've asked her about it 60 times in the past three months. No, I don't want a secret deal. I want to hear it on the radio right now. What's going on on that Tillery Maybe and Adams? I know. I got to get. I gotta oh, you don't. Next question. Uh, well, Tillery and Adams, the so-called cattle chute is being redesigned. It's going to be um, much greener. It's going to be more pleasant for cyclists and uh, pedestrians who have to interact. Mm -hmm. uh, there'll be a way to continue straight off of the cycle, um, right off of the cattle chute onto a bike lane that continues across Tillery and down the middle of Adams Street. Nice. Um, yeah. I'd like to see that. Uh, you know, most people have been sort of focused on the uh, Hank Willis Thomas sculpture. That's what I'm really waiting for, the, the pointing finger. Wait, you know, with the pointing I don't even know what he's talking about, but he, let the record show he is pointing a finger. That finger and it was not his middle <laughs> finger. Has been pointed. What's the pointing finger? Uh, there is, there, as, as part of the uh, renovation of Tillery and Adams, uh, there is a percent for art component ah. uh, mm -hmm. by Brooklyn Sculpture. Oh, I remember the finger. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we're giving Manhattan the finger. Yeah, I'm very excited about Wait, it. But it's not the middle finger, is it? It should be. It's the index finger. So we're That's giving the Manhattan the index finger? Otherwise known as the pointer. Why, I, why are we giving Manhattan the middle the index finger? That was in the Times mini crossword the other day. The index finger. It was in there. The pointer. All right. Anyway, All right we're giving the finger. The second, second question. question is electric bikes. Yes. Motorcycles or bicycles? It Ooh. depends. Go. It depends. 
There are three classifications of electric bikes now recognized by the state of California. Mm. We can, uh, Leading go, us again. Go they are moving us forward. Uh, class one, class two, and class three. Um, the uh, the class ones are my favorite because it's a type of e-bike that has very low power. They don't go, they're incapable of going above 20 miles per hour. They only, the motor only kicks in when you're pedaling, ah. right? So if you go up when a hill. When you're pedaling, right. it's you go a, up a hill. It's really a assist. It's like a, it's like a pedal assist. It's a an electric assist. assist. It's okay. for like older folks, you know, people who wouldn't otherwise be able to bike up a bridge, you know, mm -hmm. or up a hill. Um, and it's a democratizing tool. It's a, it's a mobility enhancing tool. I'll skip type two. You can guess where that is because I'm going to tell you what type three is. And those are basically motorcycles. You can throttle them. You can go higher than 20, 28, 30. Mm. I mean, these are these are illegal, clearly illegal, clearly a menace. We don't want to see these operating in our city because if people are operating a vehicle that goes 30 miles per hour without pedaling, it's a motorcycle and they should be licensed accordingly. Well, but if they can only go a maximum of 30, then they're not really street legal for the, for the roadways, are they? Um, like a Vespa, how, a Vespa can go... 40, 50, I guess? Yeah, right, right. So that'd They'd be a normal go, motorcycle. Yeah. So what if you can only go 30? You know, I don't want you in the bike lane, but I don't want you on the road either. Well, that's that's like a limbo that is not useful for, for our city. Because right now, I think it's smart to classify non-motorized and motorized vehicles. We need to carve out a little bit for these assist mm -hmm. bikes that don't go very fast, that, again, are just enabling folks to, to avail themselves of the benefits of bicycling. Um, but this recent crackdown on uh, delivery e-bikes I think it's unfair. I think you know these are hardworking New Yorkers. The NYPD is targeting them exclusively. Yes. Um, there's no data to suggest that they're actually injuring people. Um, and they do go fast, though. They go very fast. And we on the agree. sidewalk, they're, sometimes they're off, often we see uh, this kind of nuisance behavior. But but they're they're going after it in in, in, a, in a really draconian way, mm -hmm. a, a way that I think again they should be talking to the owners. They should be enforcing this with their employers, not with these these workers who are at the, at the bottom of the economic food chain. I gotta say, we have solved a lot of the world's problems today. And as a as a tribute to our guest, Robert Paris of Community Board 2 and Paul Steely White of Transportation Alternatives, we allow them literally 30 seconds a minute to plug whatever they want to plug. Robert Parrish, you got any big meetings coming up you want the public to know about? Go. Uh, on March 18th, we are going to... March 18th? Wow. I'm sorry, May 18th. May starts 18th. with the same two first letters. Good point. Um, we are going to see the final draft of the uh, redesign of Times Plaza and the safety enhancements uh, all around that area. That's huge. Mm -hmm. um, where will that meeting be? We don't know where that meeting will be because we expect a large turnout and we are looking for a space that is appropriately scaled. So t give the Community Board 2 website so people can get more information. Uh, myc.gov slash brooklyncb2. Nice. Okay, so May like 18th it. for that meeting, day before my birthday, so I'll certainly be there. Yeah. Paul Steely White, plug whatever you want to Your plug. birthday is May 19th? It is. Okay. My event is on May 19th. Exactly. Go. All right. So this is for anyone who rides their bike, anyone who might want to ride their bike, maybe your bike curious. His or her bike. Yes. Hmm. Um, come to Dumbo on May 19th, Gersh's birthday. We're doing this with City Bike. It's nice. the bike home from work party. Oh. Food, Brooklyn beer, vendors, uh, like music, mayhem. Wait, is this the last stop or the first stop on the, on the bike home? Uh, well, uh, could depends. be either. It depends where you <laughs> live. You work the night shift. Yeah. Well, that just for the record, that's Friday, May 19th. I will uh, be out of town, obviously, with my girlfriend celebrating my birthday. She's wonderful, and uh, we will be together. So, sorry, I can't be there. Are you making up for something, Gersh? <laughs> Are you like, yeah, that sounds no, like you're her. in I the doghouse there. All right, yeah. no, I'm not in the doghouse uh -huh. at all. Uh, I'm in the doghouse if I don't answer you the tough questions. <laughs> I'll tell you that. I did, I did. All right, 
we solved, before you go to the ads, we solved a lot of the world's problems today in the form of, we came up with a new term for douchebags, the douchebag quotient, yep. meaning drivers have a higher inherent, an IDH, an IDQ, <laughs> inherent douchebag quotient because they can kill with impunity. We came up with the term death chevrons. I looked Sharos. that up, I can't figure it out, but... Anytime you're on your bike and you see a sharrow, it's a death chevron, get off that road. We, we learned that ferries are too subsidized. Oversubsidized. Or oversubsidized compared, or to, under-subsidized. compared to city bike. And of course, we learned about the Vince Wave, which is if you're a pedestrian, you see Vince Wave and yawn, you just go because he's not going to hit you. Or stop by, He's say like, hi. Your name, if your name isn't Vince, you can still do the Vince, do the Vince Wave. Wave. Yeah. yeah. All right. Now, we got to pay some bills. I want to thank Robert Paris, of course, from CB2. And of course, Paul Steely White, the aptly named handsome man, handsomest man in the room, I got to say, Vince, oh, come on. of oh. Transportation Alternatives. And I'm going to ask him the hardest question, Paul Steely White. When was the last time you saw an affordable dentist who provides truly great care? You never did. It's, it's, it's hard to come by. It's because you don't go to Dr. Joseph Lichter. Lichter's office down in Midwood has state-of-the-art hygienists and top-quality equipment to get you the service and prices you deserve. I got the prices right here, Vince. Go. I don't know if you hear that. Zoom go. bleaching, $3.95. Dental implants, $12.50. Invisalign, which is the braces behind the teeth. Inside. $39.95. Nobody does it better. And that's why he's the dentist of the New York Riveters. They're a professional hockey team. They need good teeth, especially after one of those games. So they call Joseph Lichter, DDS, 718-339-7878. Sometimes they go online at josephlichterdds.com. Yeah, you got to do it. Atlas Steakhouse, you can dine a cut above the rest select your premium cut it is aged on site for optimal texture and taste you can enjoy delicious vintage wines there are expertly mixed cocktails and signature appetizers and you can enjoy all those while atlas steakhouse crafts your choice cut into a custom culinary masterpiece complete your dining experience with an exquisite signature dessert the great thing about the desserts at atlas steakhouse each dessert is sweeter than the last. And you'll understand. How do they do that? How do they do that? They line them up, and there's a sweetness co- quotient. An SQ. An SQ. And you just work your way down the list from less sweet to most sweet. Nice. It's pretty simple. Uh, Atlas Steakhouse, you dine a cut above the rest. Atlas Steakhouse, as you know, at 943 Coney Island Avenue. Find them online at atlassteak.com. Now, we got a lot of handsome men in the room, but we're all getting older. And I've been talking about this constantly. You get old, you don't want to be forced into some nursing home or some hospital. You want to stay in your home, and that's where Village Care Max comes in. It's a Medicaid-managed, long-term plan that helps you stay at home in your communities, working with your doctors, your landlord, anybody who's involved in your life. Village Care Max will make sure you get good health care, but you're staying at home, which is the best thing, because you don't want to be out there in a nursing home. So call Village Care Max, 800-469-6292, or visit the website, villagecaremax.org. Here comes the slogan, Village Care Max. Live the life, stay in your home the way you want. Atlas Meat Market. That's not their slogan, by the way. I messed it up, but that's that's the idea. Atlas Meat Market is your home of prime and choice custom cuts. The only full-service market in Gravesend that offers it all. Sirloin steaks, beef stew, meat, just ready for you to stew up. Ground beef. No, Paul Steely White's wife makes an amazing beef stew. No, she makes a chuck steak. Belgian beer beef stew. That's with the chuck steak. Are you in the doghouse on something? Because you keep mentioning how awesome your wife is. (laughs) I didn't say she's awesome. She is. But the Belgian beer beef stew is really... And would be even better when you get that meat at Atlas Meat Market. They're 387 Avenue X in Gravesend. You can give them a call right now. They're 347-915-2000. You can log on 
to atlasmeetnyc.com. Create your account, place your order, and they'll deliver it to you, or you can go pick it up. Either way. Can I get pork there? You cannot get pork. It is halal. Atlas Meat Market. 387 Avenue X. Give them a call. 347-915-2000. As always, operators are standing by. All right, we're out of time. I want to thank Robert Paris of Community Board 2, a credible figure in Brooklyn, which is rare, I got to say. And, and Paul Steely White of Transportation Alternatives, also of Brooklyn, also credible, also handsome. And I'm Gersh Kuzman of the failing New York Daily News, along with Vince DiMaselli of the Brooklyn Paper. The we're, succeeding Brooklyn we're Paper. We're running out of time. Play us out, Johnny. Play us out. We'll see you next week.